So we are here, we're doing character creation for our new podcast, All My Hexes. And we're going to show our listeners a little behind the scenes how these characters came to be. And if you're interested in that, then keep listening. If you're not, then feel free to skip ahead. You don't have to listen to character creation to enjoy the rest of our podcast. So we'll start off with introductions. I'm Bernetta. I will be the GM, DM, keeper, whatever the name is for the storyteller in our sessions. And let's just go around clockwise for me. I'm Sarah. I will be playing Charlotte, Charlie Larson, the mundane. And I am Nav. I am going to be playing Alejandro Ochoa, who is uh, the initiate. I am Tyler, and I will be playing James Jimmy Bagley, the spooky. I'm Jasmine, and I'll be playing Lenore Atchison, the flake. So if you haven't played Monster of the Week before, uh, the way that this works is the character sheets, uh, they're called playbooks, and they're very self-contained. So when you go through, the first thing that everybody does is they pick their attributes, and there are five attributes, charm, cool, sharp, tough and weird and all of our dice rolls are made off of that you roll 2d6 and you get to add this number to your roll and you want to roll high so if you guys want to go through tell me what you've picked for your attributes and a little bit about your character why you think they would have the attributes they do so the cool thing about this system is uh, it's very easy to pick up you can grab all the playbooks online for free and it just takes 2d6 you don't have to have the full seven set of dice and I like that it's it's a very narrative format. So let's start with our our mundane over here. Sure. Charlie, Charlie. Larson. Charlie Larson. Um, so she's from Minnesota. And um, I think because she's the mundane, there's like a couple of options. So she's always going to have good charm. They're all plus two. But I think I went with no bonus on cool, sharp plus one, tough plus one, weird minus one. Because I think... The way it's going to be is like you know, a very superstitious person, but doesn't have any actual knowledge. <laughs> and I think the likelihood of her casting a lot of magic is pretty low. Okay. I think that's where you see her yeah. getting in. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so how about for Alejandro? What did you pick? So Alejandro is, uh, he's an immigrant from Northern Mexico. He's educated in the States. And thing is, he's kind of a weird guy. He's in the uh, oil and gas business. He's an assistant pipeline foreman. So he's got an engineering background. He's not great with people. He's been struggling to move up the corporate ladder because of that. He's, he just doesn't have a lot of social graces. He's a little rough around the edges. He tends to kind of dress funny. His clothes are really mismatched. He's uh doesn't have a lot of sophistication to him. Yet he's He's very intelligent, very perceptive, and there's, there's, people think he's weird. People definitely think he's, a, he's an odd duck. 
So that's where you put your points was into weird, I'm guessing? I did. I did. So I, I ended up choosing the very first uh, row of, of attribute values. So he actually has a minus one on charm and then a plus one in cool, a zero in sharp, a plus one in tough, and a plus two in weird. Nice. So you're a real weird guy. That's awesome. I think the maximum that you can put uh, for a bonus is plus three for a base bonus on any attributes. So you're a very, very weird dude. He's a, he's a strange guy. Very cool. All right. So let's let's go over and we will find out about Jimmy, Jimmy Bagley. Yeah, Jimmy Bagley. He's uh, He's kind of gotten by on a, a lot of his charm and that sort of thing throughout town because he used to be a kind of star player on the football team. Uh, tried to make his way in the world outside of town, but didn't really work out for him. He was kind of coasting on some uh, some of his mojo back at back at home. So uh, he's he's real charming. He's got plus two to that. Cool. Uh, flat zero. Sharp. Doesn't didn't really need to think much or investigate because things pretty much happened to him the way he wanted to. So he didn't have to really think. So sharp minus one. Tough is minus one because he didn't really have to try at things. So, but weird is plus two. And he, uh, things just keep happening to him and he doesn't really understand and he's trying to figure it out. Okay. And I believe, oh no, we have two Hexed natives. Um, the town that w- this is taking place in is, is a little town called Hexed, Texas. So let's find out about Lenore. Uh, I was actually thinking that Lenore wasn't from Hexed originally. Oh, okay, I was thinking great. she was um, closer to the panhandle, like around Amarillo. Okay. And she moved down to Hexed, probably around the time when the oil boom started. Lenore doesn't work in oil. She actually is an emergency services dispatcher. That's where most of her time goes. And uh, having spent that long a time listening to the frantic and terrified calls of people in this town, she's starting to put some stuff together. But she knows how it sounds. It sounds like she is a crackpot. She's not super charming. She's got a charm of zero. Her cool is one. She's got a lot of experience trying to help other people calm down. Uh, she notices things. Other people don't. She's got a sharp of plus two. She has a tough of negative one and a weird of plus one. So she's kind of on the edge there. So mostly a kind of weird bunch, except for our mundane. So the next thing we do is we're going to pick moves. And these are special things that your particular archetype gets to do that other archetypes don't. So why don't you go on through, pick your moves, and everybody just kind of let me know when we are ready. And then we can explain why we picked what we picked. Sarah, tell us about Charlie's moves, the mundane. Yeah, so um, I picked, oops. (laughs) You had to. (laughs) If you want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper. You will find something important and useful, although not necessarily related to your immediate problem. Um, And so I like her as like a landlord. I think this has a lot of narrative potential. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you going to be a snoop when you oops? Maybe. There's a lot of these that sound very like good in a accent. Um, I also picked the power of heart. When fighting a monster, if you help someone, don't roll plus cool. You automatically help as though you rolled a 10. Super powerful. I just think it's going to be like a good cushion. Yeah, absolutely. Because a, a 10 plus on help out, you give them a plus one on their next roll. So that's really good. You're just Send out buffs everywhere. Yeah, basically a paladin. Yeah. And then the last one I took is trust me. When you tell a normal person the truth in order to protect them from danger, roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, they'll do what you say they should. No questions asked. On a 7 to 9, they do it, but the keeper chooses one from. 
They ask you a hard question first. They stall and dither for a while. They have a quote unquote better idea. Anonymous, they think you're going crazy. So yeah, that's standard. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah. So what about Alejandro? So Alejandro is the initiate, and this is a really interesting archetype to play because it's got so many different abilities and different things to explore. One of which, of course, is this is a pretty magic strong archetype. Mm -hmm. So um, I took that into consideration. His weirdness is, of course, going to really be what's what's flowing into that. But the other part of the initiate is that uh, the initiate has a network. Yes, there's a there's a, a background network here, a sect that uh, he is, of course, trying to become a permanent part of. So there are resources that he can tap to help the party with understanding what we're facing. So um, the first move that he gets automatically is when he is in good standing with the sect at the beginning of each mystery. There's a, a roll plus charm, and on a ten plus, the the sect will provide some useful information or help in the field. So I'm almost feeling like. Maybe this is a bit too metagamey, but this might even be an opportunity to just scratch off a luck box and and just take that. You know, it, if depending on how the roll goes, right? But if the roll goes badly, this almost seems like a really good one where you might want to switch that to an auto twelve just to get good info up front. Mm. Otherwise, it's a waste. It's a complete wasted move. Yeah, but the cool thing is, is that even when you fail in this game, like cool stuff can happen. They might still. It doesn't mean that they don't give you information. It just means the information might not be accurate. Right, Which right. in and of itself can be a fun way to start a mystery. Narrative. This one specifically says on a miss, mm-hmm. they, the sect asks you to do something bad. And if you fail a mission or refuse an order, you'll be in trouble with the sect until you atone. So the atonement thing is interesting to me as well. There's, I like that the initiate can really screw things up and then have to make good. And I'd like to see how that, how that goes. So that's the first move. And then... Um, you're absolutely right that the initiate looks like uh, they've got some fighting skills. The um, the So I, I chose ancient fighting arts. So when using an old-fashioned hand weapon, he inflicts plus one harm and gets a plus one whenever he rolls to protect someone. So that's he's a good defender, good attacker. And then I selected the mentor, which says that he has a mentor in the sect. I have to name this particular person. And uh, when I contact the mentor for info, I can roll on uh, plus sharp. On a 10 plus, uh, get an answer to the question. So, um, I think we should decide about your sect before yeah. we before we name your mentor. Because there's a few, I have already built into the world a few different groups, mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of initiate you want to be. And then you can absolutely name your, name them. So if you're looking at your initiate more of like an ancient religious order kind of initiate, I have that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for more, I mean, you guys created in the Atomic Age um, oh, story, the yes. Order of the Winged Serpent. Masked Serpent. I named it the Winged oh Serpent because it fits the lore better. <laughs> that is the more occult oriented. So one of them's more religiously focused. One of them's more occult focused. Mm-hmm. So you can think about it. Let me think about Ruminate that because that's, that. that's actually on the on the second sheet here of the... Uh, of the character building, so that's coming here. I've got to think about that. Yeah, think about it, and then we'll figure out who your mentor is and all of that as we're going. Cool. And then I'll just wrap it up with the final The final move I chose was uh, that old black magic. So when, uh, when Alejandro uses magic, he can ask a question from the investigate a mystery move as the effect. So that I like that because 
using magic is going to use this plus two weird. There's an advantage there. And then it, it extends all of the basic uh, hold options for him. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so this is a really interesting character. It's going to be a character that's going to be able to provide lots of information. Yeah. And um, uh, kind of read a scene and figure out what's going on. And at the same time, phone a friend if we need to and also kick some ass. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's hear about the spooky with Jimmy Bagley. What did you pick, Ty? So uh, I picked for him hunches so when something bad is happening or just about to happen somewhere that you aren't roll plus sharp on a 10 plus you knew where you needed to go just in time to get there seven to nine you get there late in time to intervene but not necessarily prevent it on a miss you get there just in time to get yourself into trouble too then we have tune in so i can attune my mind to a monster or minion so i roll weird on a 10 plus i get to hold three of uh, these questions like, where is the creature right now? What is it planning to do right now? Who is it going to attack next? Who does it regard as the biggest threat? And how can I attract its attention? On um, seven to nine, I get to hold one of those. And on a miss, the monster becomes aware of my presence. So you are basically going to be the bloodhound of the group, is what I'm getting. Yes, especially with the last one as well. The, like okay. the unwilling yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, unwilling, unknowing bloodhound of the group. You're like voluntold. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, you were able to sniff out that monster last time. What's going on? I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head. And like, I like it. Um, and then we have Jinx, where I can encourage coincidences to occur uh, the way that I want. So when I Jinx a target, I can roll weird on a 10 plus, hold two out of the following. So I can either interfere with the hunter, giving a minus one forward. Uh, help a hunter giving plus one interfere with a monster i can inflict one harm on a target due to an accident uh target finds something that i left for them or the target loses something that i can soon find so there's a variety of uh there's a little bit of a toolkit uh so to speak with jinx i like it i think that'll be very interesting to to play with all right and then to lenore So for Lenore, the first move that I chose was connect the dots. At the beginning of each mystery, if you look for the wider patterns that current events might be part of, roll plus sharp. On a 10 plus, I hold three. On a seven to nine, hold one. I spend my hold anytime during the mystery, and I can ask the keeper any one of the following questions. Is this person connected to current events more than they're saying? Mm. When and where will the next critical event occur? Nice. Right? <laughs> wow. Be super well informed, you guys. Yeah, geez. What does the monster want from this person? Is this connected to previous mysteries we've investigated? And how does this mystery connect to the bigger picture? Because yes. you know there is one, guys. Yes, yes, no, the supermarket. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it all makes sense. Write it down. Write it down. Wow. All right. We've Good got game. Solved. Good game, guys. All right. Great game. We're done. Let's wrap it. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, that is cool. The second move that I took was suspicious mind. If someone lies to you, you know it. Just Dang. Straight wow, up. Wow. Just straight, straight up. up. I okay. Got keen eyes. Wow. And then <laughs> I also took contrary. When you seek out and receive someone's honest advice on the best course of action for you and then do something else instead. Mark experience. 
<laughs> if you do exactly the opposite of their advice, you also take plus one ongoing on any moves you make pursuing that course. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's oh fantastic. <laughs> do you do you have the move in the mundane where you if you recommend for somebody to do something, you do, right? Trust me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's basically that. <laughs> I thought it would be I thought it would be fun to have the direct No, it opposite. does specify normal person, but I think it would be under your purview <laughs> if Absolutely. I could tell her character. Trust me. <laughs> Lenore considers herself to be very normal. There you go. The most normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. So let's go to the next bit, which I think is gear, right? Yes. So if you all want to pick some gear, um, I don't think we necessarily need to go through this unless you get something super cool. Um, I mean, basically, like for mundane weapons, I mean, again, since she's a landlord, I'm picking baseball bat and um, fire axe. Okay. Baseball bat, fire axe. I think the initiate's probably the one who's going to have the coolest weapon. Yeah, you get all kinds of shit. Well, it's yeah because of the bonuses. I'm gonna, I'm definitely picking that big ass sword. It's it's got a three harm and it's messy and heavy and and I get the plus one on it, so it's actually a plus four. Oh my gosh! When it, when it hits, and uh, and then he's gonna have to go with a with a modern weapon. Yeah, I might just have to go with uh with that good old shotgun. I think a big sword and a shotgun kind of says it all. He it gets um old-fashioned armor okay good well what you can kind of let us know what kind of uh what kind of armor that is it's a diving helmet actually no. <laughs> it can be old like from world war ii or it can be old like freaking chainmail. yeah or like old scary conquistador armor um i also get a car yeah. mm, we wheels. A, i get a vehicle and the temptation to take a motorcycle very high then take a motorcycle. No, I think the thing that makes the most sense is a fairly new car in decent condition that was like left to her at the same time as the land. It could be an Oldsmobile. That was my first car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do an Oldsmobile. Okay. I like it. <laughs> it's just a fairly new car, but like, okay. 2002 Oldsmobile. That's exactly what I drove. That's awesome. It's all connected. Okay. So you got a car. You've got armor and a sword. What do you get with the spooky? Well, it's not a whole lot of fun stuff per se, so I decided to go with a hunting rifle and a shotgun. He he's had it since he was like eight. Yeah, yeah, it's Texas. Yeah, yeah. So I get those and any magical items or amulets that you use to invoke your powers. So uh, asking the keeper this, if you have any imaginings as to particular origin or something like that, maybe a coin that I can't explain that's been lucky to me how about how about like a like an old saint christopher's medal that's been passed down in the family or something like that or a ring i just want it to be like your letterman jacket (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um because i I want something that like an old pocket watch or an old knife that looks odd would it be something you would have on you during games though or please let it be your lucky socks Wow, is it? That's a like finite old, resource, old, though, right? Old woolen socks that have been passed down for generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if three men can wear one pair of jeans, old Levi's, they would usually get passed from person to person. Oh, I thought you were making a sisterhood of the traveling pants joke, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I have brothers, and we share these. I, I like the thing where it's like either a large kind of Bowie type knife that has some like carvings or something into it, and it's like has a a handle of like antler or something like that that seems just out of place from normal kind of deal or maybe a pocket watch where the the face there's something off about it like the numbers aren't quite right 
But would you have had that, given that your character, like their luck, we've determined was manifested primarily on the football field when they were younger. And that's where would, would you carry? No, I don't think they let you take knives onto the football Pretty field. Pretty sure. Not even in Texas. Not even in Texas. Yeah. A class ring is funny just because of A&M traditions, which was like, for me, not being from here was totally. I know nothing of this. I grew uh, up here, but I. When you graduate A&M, you dunk your ring in a beer, a pint of beer and chug it. That's the rule. But now there's like, there's like additional things to help you do that better. Because it's difficult to chug a cold beer. So now everyone like leaves it out overnight so that it's flat and warm so that you can continue this tradition safely, I guess. No, sorry, nothing against AM. I just don't it was just a very foreign experience. I, I like I like a mysterious ring. You can wear that on the field. Yeah, you could even wear it uh, as an on, on a necklace. Like I'm thinking that if this is something that is a source of your power, that's what it says, right? Uh, it says uh, that yeah, that you use to invoke your powers. That you use to invoke your powers. So then I would say, I would say like yeah. a lucky coin or a ring or something. Something that you can carry with you all the time. And I think that if a ring or something like that is less likely to get lost when you're getting smacked around on the football field than a coin, unless you've got it as a necklace. Because the only thing I think would be funny with a coin is that that's what he uses for coin tosses for uh, who gets the ball first. The ring or uh, either or I'm absolutely cool with, but I just want to see. I, I'm very flexible as to what fits into the world and what you think would be interesting. Either more interesting one of those is fine. With. Just, just not a knife, because yeah. you know, no knife. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's up to you. Let's do the coin because I like the the luck image yeah. that, that it kind of has with this already. Yeah, so, something that is not legal tender. And has like maybe it's like he's put it into a bracelet where it like he made a leather like a souvenir flat penny or something. That would be funny. Yes, this is the one I want you to flip. It's like where you can just he can just pop it out and flip it, and then it's about the size of like a half dollar, maybe an old silver dollar. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Really old. Yeah, excellent. Old silver dollar. Got it. All right. And how about for the flake? What does Lenore gets. Uh, Lenore carries a nine millimeter. Okay. Well, I mean, it's yeah. fairly standard police issue, and I'm I'm imagining as a dispatcher in what was a small town, and now the infrastructure may not have expanded far enough to cope with. Probably, she still sits in the police office in the um. Absolutely, yeah. I police think, station. I think she probably does still still sit in the police station. They haven't set up some sort of outsourcing for right. her job yet. So I don't know why that explains she has a nine millimeter. Well, I mean it's Texas. You could you can have an open carry yeah. permit. It's Texas. She also has a mag light, watchman's flashlight, yes. has another hidden weapon, and a folding knife. Can I have a switchblade? That sounds like more fun. Let's just do a folding knife. Yeah, right. I think switchblades are actually still illegal. Or is it if they're assisted? I think it's a blade open. length. No, no, switchblades I think are illegal. Oh. All other knives I think it's based actually on, on length. The- but even that, like that, some of the restrictions, like you can carry around swords. So I think anything that's assisted is not, is not. Yeah. Working. It's the spring loading thing. Okay, cool. So about, we got that. What about look? Yeah, let's do, let's do the look. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Charlie is pretty standard woman, friendly face. I put her in sporty clothes. I like the idea that she just lives in leggings all day, every day. Because. Why not? Why not? 
Yeah. It's real casual. You life. get a work from home and collect rent from your tenants. And yeah. I just totally chill around and leggings. 100%. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. She's not necessarily athletic, but she likes a legging. Yeah. They're comfy. Who doesn't like a legging? Do you live in an RV? Yes. Cool. So she runs like, basically, she turned her land into like an yeah, RV park, Yeah, so we right? haven't really gotten, gotten to that whole... No, I mean, it's okay. I just, we, I didn't want to like... But yeah, so because she's using her land to open essentially a trailer park. Um, so there's a co- probably a couple of like permanent residents that like it's their home. And then I think she also has a couple of trailers and RVs that are available to oil field workers on like a demi-permanent basis. So you can do like a six-month run or even a two-month run or if you're like two weeks on or two weeks off or whatever, if there's flexibility there. So I think she probably just lives in a trailer on the land. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And was there anything else in her description? Yep. Cool. <laughs> yep. So she lives on the land. She wears comfortable clothing. Yeah. She's... Living the dream. Living the dream. Nav, you are up. What about Alejandro? Oh, let's see. So Alejandro, is, so his last name is Ochoa, and uh, most of his colleagues uh, call him Ochos or Crazy Eights because he's just that odd guy out. He's in the field a lot. And so he's going to tend to wear things that are very utility oriented. So he's going to be wearing cargo pants with lots of pockets. Okay. Uh, typically, uh, you know, long sleeve kinds of things. He likes to wear gloves a lot because he's out, in, you know, out and about. Just kind of looks like a like a rough and tumble field worker and and somebody who's going to be out working on pipelines and on uh, you know work, working with his hands and tools. He's a pretty strong guy and he's very tanned. He uh, shifty eyes. You know, he's not somebody who's going to make eye contact with people. It's off putting when people talk to him and, and approach him. Uh, he's very curt for the most part. And, you know, most people dismiss it as, oh, it's just, he's just the engineer. It's the engineer mindset. You know, they're not, he's better with numbers, better with solving problems, just not really great with people. But he's just not really comfortable uh, with small chat. That's not his thing at all. So I think his look is, uh, he tries not to um, stand out. You know, his clothes are not going to be saying, hey, look at me at all. He's, he's definitely going to just want to be part of the background. So since we're going a little bit into how your characters are here in Hexed, we know that, for example, that Charlie inherited the land that she's turning into a trailer park and is making her money that way. How did Alejandro end up in Hex? Is he here because of work or is he here because he's an initiate and the work is a side thing? Hmm. Well, I, in my mind, I had him here primarily because of work. So he got his degree in engineering in, in the States and uh, then landed this job with Menard Petroleum or Menard Energy. Mm-hmm. And the job is what brought him to Hex, is what I had in mind. Okay, that sounds good. The sect, um, I'm still going back and forth on that. And I, I've got some ideas here for it, but I'm not, not entirely sure how to fit that in just yet. That's fine. Okay, and so let's, let's talk about our only native to the small town of Hex. Let's talk about Jimmy Bagley. Well, Jimmy is... Um Son of the Bagley family, the Bagley, what, Pecan Grove kind of deal. So native to Hex, like born, raised, like generations of Bagleys here. But he decided that he wanted to try and go off to college on a uh, football scholarship. Didn't really work out. So uh, he's a college dropout, had to return home back to mom and dad to work on uh, things around the Grove, Orchard, whatever it's called. And 
this is kind of built well, like from playing football, but not like super taking care of himself. Like wears somewhat nicer work clothes, like the flannels and jeans and work boots and that sort of thing, and a backwards baseball cap. Not like super Texan, like what other places think Texas looks like, but yeah, but what Texas actually looks like? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a ratty old hat that he's had forever. Contrary to Crazy Eights over there, uh, Ochoa. He has very piercing eyes, and once he like looks at you, he's locked in, and that's the uh, kind of unsettling thing about him. Is just that like he might seem really friendly, but he's talking to you the whole time, and you just feel like he's boring into you. It's an intensity. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say for the listeners at home, Tyler has uh, not dropped eye contact with me personally that entire <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of demonstrating what my character's like. You yeah, know, it is. Be smiling it is more you, but unnerving than you think. <laughs> there's, there's, there's just something behind that gaze that you just can't, can't quite get. It's gonna really help with the history later. Excellent. All right. So, uh, Lenore, how did she end up in Hexed as opposed to the Panhandle? And um, what does she look like? It's just another small town, you know. Mm-hmm. She's lived all over West and North Texas. Most places are kind of the same, but uh, Hext is different. Uh, she's not sure if that's why she stayed. She got married young, but it didn't stick. It's part of why she moved. She didn't have a college degree or anything, and she's working as a waitress at the time. So being off her feet, answering the phone for 12 hours a day. Uh, Preferable. Yeah. Especially now she's in her late 30s. Like, you know, she's got a bad knee. So she tends to wear casual clothes. She's not rumpled, but she's also not dressed up. She doesn't have the big West Texas buffant kind of hair. A little more little more practical. And she's got guarded eyes. You get the feeling she's taking in more than she's giving out. I like it. Okay, so let's go around. And next we're going to do probably the coolest part, I think, of monster of the week which is assigning histories and backstories to each other so you each pick a backstory tidbit to give to the other person so sarah let's start with you and charlie so charlie the mundane okay so mine for ochoa i think is easy do you think ochoa would stay in her trailer park that was the question i forgot oh yeah because he's gonna need somewhere to stay thought as a framing device you're having us all meet Specifically as a particular kind of a, a group. That could be the reason she goes, too. Is because so are, are we having links to each other before that? Oh, we have to, right? That's how this works. I think that this is a small enough town that you could have come in contact with each other before. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be super close. So if it's something that's going to be like, this is your lover, or this is your brother's cousin's niece's aunt's, you could be that. Those are very different things. Yeah. <laughs> Or this is your best friend, then probably maybe try to avoid that. Because the main framing device we're going we're gonna to go with is going to be you guys all show up at a ghost hunting group um, that you find on Meetup. So based on that, like you're probably not necessarily going to be close to each other beforehand. Yeah. So if you were going to live in the trailer park, um, the option for they introduce you to the existence of monsters would also be a good one for that because i'm i think the way i've been kind of picturing it is that charlie thinks that her rv park is haunted whether it is or isn't (laughs) she's thinks that it is and so maybe like during idle conversation ocho would be like yeah probably (laughs) like you know what do you think it's highly likely 
I think that's okay. I, I, I like that. Um, Ochoa, there's an element to him that's really secretive too. It's almost like he lives this double life, right? He's got this day gig as the mild-mannered engineer, but but he's really some something else. So I was just trying to think of the trailer park thing. I think that actually fits really well. Yeah. Because it gives you enough privacy yeah that's not like quite like an apartment complex right. where everybody's right on top of each other and he wouldn't be some like suburban guy either you know yeah. living in okay yeah cool take it. so then i will transition um i think you're a bit suspicious of them to jimmy because you're weird and not in a not in the same way that ochoa is weird <laughs> but in a way that makes me a little bit wary especially if i already think my land is haunted and then you like weird stuff happens when you're around. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. A little bit, a little bit weird. Sure. <laughs> and how about for Lenore? This is a good question. There's two that I like for that. One is that, uh, is the <laughs> romantically involved or you just have a crush on them where it's just like, I've now like, developed like a a deep care for the person on the other end of the line who feels my endless like dear lord the chairs are on the table and i don't know how they got there (laughs) calls or also they're your hero exactly the kind of monster hunter you aspire to be oh that one i think would maybe develop us in the first couple of episodes yeah but um whereas the other one would just be and it doesn't have to be like a, a romantic crush it could just be like a i like the idea that like when you call dispatch again if I am the one working that shift, I will always send someone out there instead of hanging yeah. up on you. Oh, I like that. Okay. Do you, which one do you think is better than the the hero or the, I'm just going to say admiration instead of crush then? Uh, I mean, crush is fine. Okay. Uh, but admiration probably rather than hero because I don't know. I think I am gearing up into trying to find a way to more directly fight the monsters instead of figuring out. Okay, so yeah, so then yeah, so then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it as as crush. Perfect, because you support me. I support you. (laughs) Excellent. All right. So then um, let's move to Ocho and see what you have for everyone else. Okay, so Ochoa. Ochoa. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's, you're, you're saying it perfectly. Um, or ochos, ochos or the, ochos, like the letter, like the number yeah, eight. Yeah, it's the nickname. Yeah, you did it. I did yeah. it, right? You okay. did it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you did it. Okay. I thought I, I thought it was eight, but then I was like, <laughs> no, like ochos locos, like, dur- like taco Doritos. What is it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're so knowledgeable. About it. Okay. So go ahead. So uh, I think for Charlie, I think I think uh, right back at you. We can um, one of the options I have here is we're friends, um, but we first Ochoa first met you while he was under his cover identity. Oh yeah, and um, and so you learned about him and the whole sect later. So I'm supposed to ask how you feel about that now that he's revealed kind of what he's doing. Uh gosh, that's a good question. Would the impression that Charlie has of it be something like it's like Knights of Columbus? So like she doesn't necessarily take it seriously or she's just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I think maybe it'll start that way. Winged Serpent. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds fancy. Okay. You guys have meetings and you bring punch or, yeah, covered dish, fundraisers. And we kill demons. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Is that like bingo or... It's very much like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Well, if you kids need some park benches or a place to meet, you just let me know. 
How old? Like she says, kids. She's like thirty-two. <laughs> she was born an old soul. This is like me in real life, though. I just call everyone kids. So, so I, I like this. Uh, I think Ochoa would would uh, he'd be taking a risk revealing this information to anyone, but uh, them not taking it seriously or being confused by it would really not shock him. He would he would expect that. You know, he wouldn't expect people to just openly. Yeah, I think Except she's like superstitious enough not to like ostracize you for it, but also is not doesn't have enough evidence to like totally believe you yet. I like it. I think I think we'll have to prove that relationship out with our ex- shared experience. Not like that. All right. Cool. So that's the first one. And uh, remind me, were any of the other of you two guys? Did you have any weapons training or martial arts training or anything like that? Or are you guys not you're more lovers and fighters? I don't remember. Uh, I've got some guns. It's kind of cliche, but I think if you grow up in small town, Texas, somebody somewhere has taught you something about how to shoot. But beyond that. Okay. I could. So maybe we can adapt this one. So the history I've got here for Ochoa is a fellow ancient weapons slash martial arts club members. Oh, gosh. Please say you guys take Tai Chi together. Well, I was going to say, what if you guys are on the same forum by the flake and you, you were a big weapons nerd, but you didn't actually know how to use them or something? It could be like it would. I I have a corresponding. You know each other through cryptozoology and conspiracy theory websites. But I've got one for you. I think the flake, uh, right? Yes. So I think for the flake, it says uh, you met. We met. We met researching mystical weirdness, and we've been occult comrades ever since. Did you guys found the ghost group? Well, I I think one of the reasons Lenore is even going to the ghost hunting group. I don't know that she believes. In like, you know, managing to contact spirits through EMF or whatever. I think if there's a supernatural entity, you're going to fucking know it because it's probably trying to rip your face off. Gotcha. But she also knows that the powers that be in the town, like the police, the fire, all the politicians aren't going to listen to her and they're not doing anything about it. So So how does she find someone who does know what's going on and is willing to do something about it? So, yeah, that would be great if you two founded the ghost hunting group. I'd be all right with Kind that. of as a, a covert way to maybe find out, find other people who are interested in the same thing. Yeah. Sort of funnel into the real goal of having a monster hunting crew. I like it. Cool. So we found each other looking for people who were on the fringe. Yeah. A maybe like in, a, out there. in yeah. a forum where like it's one of those things where you're like, hey, I'm in Texas. And someone's like, well, I'm in Texas. That's weird. Cool. I like that. Okay. Rock on. And, uh. And let's see. And then for Jimmy, um, so there's the the whole we could be part of a club thing. I think uh, Ochoa would look to something like that in his as a meditative discipline type of you know training his body, training his mind. If that seems like something that might work for you, I could pair it up with something where, in the sense of like that training, there's one that says you hope that they can help you control your powers. Ooh. With your crazy eyes, yep. you, you can you can detect that there's some. It's like I have a hunch or something. There's some intensity in Ochoa that you're tapping into. That I like that. Cool. Like and that. so, what martial arts? You guys take martial arts together then? Uh, like some sort of uh, Aztec and grappling or something. Or kickboxing. Yeah. Or kickboxing. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I mean, you could just take kickboxing. Um, Wing Chun. Krav Maga. Yeah. Um, I mean, small towns in Texas. Probably everybody's got a karate studio. Oh, uh, in my small town, we had something called karate do. We talked about this. Karate yeah. do, really? Yeah, which was karate <laughs> and taekwondo sla- slapped together by someone who had no business teaching either. 
Yeah, because karate didn't really come to the United States until the 60s. Like, it was brought over by Ed Parker and a number of other people. Oh, you know things. Yeah. (laughs) What about capoeira? Oh, yeah. would be so I was thinking that, but I'm like, no, that's Brazilian. So there's, there's, that's more going to have more fluid movement. And yeah, yeah I don't know what this uh, capybara is, oh. but I'll, <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll learn it. Besides, helps you work on your dance moves at the club, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's Just like two stepping, but more fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You can whirl the electric boots around. Not at all. <laughs> drum? No. Not at all. You want to go with that? We, we'll try that for a while. All right, we'll try that. All right, so so we, those are my ties. And so let's go over to Jimmy. And what ties do you have left, Jimmy? So uh, we just went over the one that I think uh, Ochoa can help me control my powers. Mm-hmm. And you think your trailer park is haunted because I keep messing with it. <laughs> Oh my god! Like intentionally, like yeah. maliciously. Well, like not like dumb things that like a young yeah, you're nineteen college, and bored as fuck, like probably. a college dropout would do. It's like yeah, he came back home at nineteen and he's bored out of his mind, and uh, he's learned that he can do dumb things like make things fall apart or like yes. have it have the chairs move on top of the table. And, like occasionally you do it for realsies and you don't realize it or something. Like yeah, and and, and that's the thing. I was like so. um I use my powers, so it says you use your powers on them one time, decide if it was for selfish reasons or not, and tell them if you found out about it. You have not found out about it. I'm just writing down, Jimmy haunts my trailer park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the dumb thing that a 19-year-old would do to somebody that just inherited some land and like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm going to mess with your stuff. Yeah, no, I'm into There's it. Nothing like terribly malicious. It's not like it has anything against you. It's just... You were a fun, shiny new target whenever he came back in town. No, that's very fair. For you, I'm trying to decide whether we are old friends, but did you just recently move to Hex then? I've been here about five years. We could be old friends, but you would have been like in just starting high school. Yeah. yeah. How weird is that? Well, oh, the only thing is it's like it's a small town and they might have like interest in the police force and that sort of thing. And Lenore was the only person that paid attention to him when he came in asking questions. But alternatively, you saw me use my powers for selfish or vindictive reasons. See, I was thinking of um, they're somehow tied into it all. Mm-hmm. You've been keeping an eye on them. Mm-hmm. So if if I saw that and I'm suspicious about. Because hmm. you can you can name the victim and I'll tell you what I did. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I could. It could be you, or it could be someone else. Like, if it's your habit, like when you're bored, to just stir some shit up. And I know that your family's big in town, and I, I have some thoughts about <laughs> the people in control of this town and if how much they know about what's going on and what they're doing about it. I mean, you're in the sheriff's yeah. station. How yeah. cool would it be if you pranked the sheriff? And, and you're just like, I'm not sure if I should be mad or because <laughs> you think the Bagleys are the Illuminatis. Yeah. It's like Leslie Nope's um, nemesis in Parks and Rec. Pachitis! <laughs> I love that show so much. Does that work? Yeah, I, I think so. So so the sheriff then, and or or somebody else, like you, you can decide who the victim is and I'll tell you what I did. Do you feel like Jimmy is that much of an instigator or a troublemaker? Not really a troublemaker. It's just that like he's used to things going his so way. So it's privileged. Yes. Yeah, so it's not so much like, I hope you die. Like, <laughs> he's generally good hearted, but there's just that thing. Like, he's just so used to the good luck and that sort of thing. And if anything kind of counteracts that, it's like he doesn't know how to really handle it. Maybe there's just a lot 
of calls that happen about weird stuff happening on the Bagley orchards, and yet none of them ever make it to police files. Oh, and you would have seen them drop off when he went to college and then start up again. Ah, uh, there back. we go. That's and that's it. a definite pattern. That's yeah. It. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Me too. Like a lot of weird stuff happens. You were getting calls all the time while he was in high school about weird things happening on the property. And then he goes to college and then that kind of drops off. And, and that's just property, back. probably the school. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. So, yeah, cool. you saw me or figured out the pattern of the crazy stuff. I think you can help me control things and I'm just messing with you. Cool. <laughs> all right. So, that brings us over to Lenore. Let's do this. So I've got Jimmy. It's hard because a lot of these are like, you went through hell together. You met in an institution. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Those are dark. Yeah, wow. Um, what else you got? Uh, old friends who originally met through long chain of coincidences. Because of all of my friggin' phone calls. I mean, that's totally fine. If you wanted to do it through a chain of coincidences, it's fine. Does hell have to be actual hell? Maybe like the first phone call. Charlie was freaking out and she talked me down. I mean, that that's... I mean, you could have had a legit emergency on your property. Very, yeah. And it was awful. Even, you know, very like a uh, boy who cried wolf situation where I, she fielded, you know, six of my calls and that seventh one was like an actual issue. Yeah, like you could have had an actual monster in addition to the, the jinx stuff. Mm -hmm. That might have helped confirm your beliefs that there was something actually nefarious. Yes. Yeah. Do you think someone died on your property? Ooh. Do we both think the death was caused by supernatural forces? You should definitely think that. It could have been an accident, but like there's there's like a little bit too much blood for it to have been an accident. I don't know what that would be in a trailer park. <laughs> I mean, oh, it would be fun if it were a locked door kind of mystery. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying they could have fallen on something and you can't determine whether it was an accident or if they were pushed. Or someone turned up dead in a in a locked trailer. And what if like you were just talking to them, but they'd been dead for three days? That I like. Mm -hmm. That that's way better because that's narratively easier. But like, yeah, it's like I just did like a you know, they paid their rent or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they came in and you saw their face. Yes. Ooh. Is that that yeah. creeped me okay. out. Like, yeah, this yeah is like, that creeped like, me out too. Yeah, like, I'm good with like, that. Like DM permission, can we <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you called me about it even though it's not technically an emergency. And maybe that cemented our friendship so we talked to each other outside of like the 911 line. Right. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And then last one is for Nav, right? Okay. I don't know. We talked about starting the ghost hunting group together. And I don't know which of these two really fit better. Whether the signs all pointed to working together, so you found them and now you work together. Or you know each other through the cryptozoology and the conspiracy theory websites. I mean, it's hard because I feel like we both think that most of the other paranormal investigators out there are full of shit and they don't know what they're talking about, I would imagine. Or do you, do you, does your character believe that other people, like, does he believe in the power of crystals or people who can sense spirits? I, I think the latter for sure. I think Ochoa definitely believes that there are people who are more attuned to it. He mm -hmm. also knows that there are a lot of charlatans out there. And so, you know, he's been, he's been raised, though, in this belief system that very much has taught him since a, since a young age about the existence of the paranormal and the existence of, 
of demons and and possession and so he has a, an awareness of this and and i would say that he uh things like crystals and you know the the artifacts of of certain kinds of magic and that kind of thing um he knows that there's power in those in the right hands i think is is the way he would he would kind of view that and and he would just uh be very very skeptical of anybody who claimed that they had any kind of control because he knows that control is an illusion when it comes to the whole paranormal side of the world. So I guess I'm saying he's a little bit of a cynic about this all. And so why would you choose to work with someone outside of your order? I think that he would also be very attuned to people that are legit. Yeah. You know, I think he would, he would sense when somebody is connected to that world. Well, and you have some frustration with the way the sect True. is being run, right? I mean, That's part of the reason that I made it, that the sect is broken here. Mm-hmm. Like it is... It's basically no more than like a bunch of old dudes sitting around playing shuffleboard and having little meetings every right. once in a while. So, so, so you're probably disillusioned. With he them. he is disillusioned. He's he's left. You know, he's left his his home country of Mexico, where discussions about this and were handled with care and with with a certain amount of respect. He gets his degree in the states. He gets his job in Hex, Texas, and now he's excited to be out here and prove to prove himself. And finds that that the chapter here in Hex is actually more of a joke. Yeah. And so he's really bummed about that. And I think he'd be really looking for people who could help fill that need that has been ingrained in him since since a young age. The need to connect with somebody who really understands and knows the world of the paranormal. Plus, you need leads to tell your uncle that this is the place or not the place. Yeah. And the only way to do that is through other people and you're not very good with other people. Yeah. So you're going to need help. Does that help? I'm not sure if I'm, yeah, if no, I'm helping you. It's, it's, I like that. I think, yeah. I think we will take a more pragmatic kind of practical. Okay, look, here, here are the facts and here's where these patterns all come together to show. Lenore probably is good at people whether she's extroverted or not, but you have to be to some degree. Yeah. At least yeah. calm. Yeah. I'm pretty, probably pretty good at helping people get through scary situations. I don't know, again, about small talk when people are just trying to shoot the shit. I might find that pointless. I don't know. That doesn't mean you're bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's a, that's a, great, that's a great start. I'm interested to see how these characters uh, come together next time we meet. 